here it is, another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am Mark Jolliffe, also known as DJ Soundwave. Thanks for checking out the show. Gonna stay local with this one. Got my guy from Chicago, hip-hop artist Benjamin Banneker's on the show today. But before we talk to him and do some other stuff, in the words of Karis one here are some words from our sponsor. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Once again, this is the Infinite Banter Podcast. Welcome in. Thanks for checking out the show. I am DJ Soundwave, sometimes go by my government name, Mark Jolliffe. Thanks for checking it out. Big shout out to my last guests, two of them, M. Doc Diego and DBTZ from Manzoo Beats. Both of those guys have been on the show before, and it was just really great talking to those guys. And definitely, definitely check out their new album, Universal Tongues 2. Look for their new one, Three Kings, when that comes out. They are just dropping gems on a regular basis. So definitely follow them, look up their music, go to CocoReef.com and cop that vinyl album and hear their stuff on Bandcamp and all streaming platforms. Happy Predator Day. Not not the one that Chris Hansen was trying to catch. Not that kind of Predator. Predator as in like the movie from 1987. One of my favorite movies of all time. It's one of those movies I could watch backwards and forwards. I know... Actually, nobody watches a movie backwards. That doesn't make any sense. I go watch that movie all day. I know all the words, know all the lines, know everything about it. Some people have, you know, um, Citizen Kane high on their list. I don't. I have Predator. Predator is up there as far as American masterpieces. So happy Predator Day. Get out of here. Get to the chopper. Come on now. Do it. It came out in June 1987. So I believe it's June 12th. So depending on what time you're playing this podcast, it's probably a couple days after that. My man from Chicago, hip-hop artist, Benjamin Banneker's on the show today. We had a lot of fun. We talk about his new album coming out, a couple of songs he's released already, old stuff that he's done, a lot of basketball talk. Talk about Michael Jordan. Is he still the GOAT? Stay tuned. <laughs> of course he is. And we also talk about uh, how his new album, actually coincides with Kobe Bryant. So speaking of basketball, stay tuned for that. There's a lot of stuff in there. I had a lot of fun talking with him. It wasn't just music, and that's what I like. And also, I um, I teased it last episode and a couple episodes before that. Um, I did, oh boy, I made myself listen to the entire Randy Macho Man Savage album, Be a Man, from I think it's 2003. I played it, all 12 songs of it. And at the end of the show here, I will not make you listen to it now. If you actually care about what my thoughts are on that, you should probably know before I even listen to it what they are. I knew what they were going to be, and they didn't change much. Go to the end of the podcast here, and I will do a couple minutes about it. Um, I put myself through some torture. I knew that was going to be the case. Whatever. It is what it is. So, all right, let's get into the show. The Infinite Banter Podcast. Find it on all digital platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Podchaser. And if you go on Podchaser, rate and review the show. Do the same thing on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show on all social platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Infinite Banter Podcast. Go on Twitter. If you type in Infinite Banter, you will hear clips from past guests. And I just uploaded a bunch of new ones. So definitely go check those out. All right. Without further ado, let's talk to my man, Benjamin Banneker. 
play a couple songs from him. But before we do that, as always, this show never begins until the one and only DMC, the D stands for dirty, MC for mostly clean, says these words right here. Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, the K-I-N-G, the greatest MC in history. And right now you're listening to Infinite Banter because we will banter on forever because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I B infinite banter. As always, you know how we do on this show. Music guest, we start you off with a song from that guest. And this is one of my favorite songs of his. This is called Ill Right. You should go see the video if you've never seen it. It's got that Chicago gangster vibe. Kind of reminded me of Boardwalk Empire or like, uh, oh, what's that movie with Kevin Costner? Untouchables. Like that kind of Al Capone type steez. So go back and check out the video for this. Benjamin Banneker on the Infinite Banter podcast in a couple minutes. But before we do that, let's check out one of his classics from 2011. This right here is Ill Right off his first album, Heartbeat, on the Infinite Banter podcast. And when this song is over, we'll hear from the man himself and talk about what he's doing now and everything else. A lot of basketball talk coming up too, so definitely stay tuned. But here we go. Ill Right from Benjamin Banneker on the Infinite Banter podcast. Let's go. Yeah. I make the song, yes, my mic is on check I do it till I'm done, I'm in the zone, yep My nights are on fresh, my turn is on deck I got bars that I have you feeling phone check Take a drink of the bars, thirst quencher hurts, sick and doubt it Benjamin first, ill a shouted, that's why I'm ill right That's why I'm ill right, that's why I kill mics Niggas know my skills nice, but bitches know I'm ill twice That's why they let me fuck with them when I feel like Man, I live an ill life, of course a nigga feels strife I got enough balls, I'm just waiting on a pinstripe Take it out the park like I'm Hank Aaron, you know I hate sharing So this is featureless, it only features me on the feature list, not a feature zone Forget the previous, be honest, you can preview I'm so this good. So, I'm so, so bad at that I flow so sick, yeah. sick in need of medicine This is ill, right? This is ill, right? This is ill, right? I'm so good, I'm so, so bad at that I flow so sick, it ain't in need of medicine yeah. This is ill, right? This is ill, right? This is ill, right? This is ill, right? Illuminati voice so they can illuminate my career. People indulge in ignorance. Where the smart people go, I only see idiots. Huh. Why I gotta be some underlying reason? If you are success, you gotta undermine Jesus. It's straight from my chest. I will undeny Satan if I thought for a minute. It will multiply my paper. Most are not in favor. That's why they ain't paid up. Instead of looking in the mirror to see how they made up, they come with explanations implicating Satan. There's gotta be the reason these bigger figures made it. Maybe they just worked hard. Alter what you're thinking. Maybe they deserve the office that they bring in. If somebody helps shout Illuminati, I hope you meet them. Power out your body. I'm so good. So I'm so, so bad. And I'm low, so sick. You ain't in need of medicine. This is ill, right? This is ill, right? This is ill, right? I'm so good, I'm so so bad and I'm so so sick, it ain't in need of medicine. This is ill right, I'm still right, this is ill right, this is ill right. And when it become cool to be just average, mediocre, here we go, so I don't wanna be the best. I get over being noticed, hope you all see me less. Hope I get season test, hope I get a three or five. Nope, I change the statement, cause three's just a little high. Two's more in line with what I've been taught in life. You can't be serious, motherfucker. I can't believe I'm hearing this, it make me shudder. I can't be near this kind of weak mind assumption. I reach for the summit every time I do something. I'ma preach from amongst you and preach to the young youth and 
tell them being average will cease what they want to do. Peace to the mean, I don't want to be the median. I'm trying to be large, I don't want to be a medium. So if you see a pen, no, I'm a typical. Cause being average means I'm you so a typical. Good. I'm so, so better than I'm low, so sick. Yeah. Getting in need of medicine. This is still right. This is still right. This is still right. I'm so good, I'm so, so bad, and I'm so, so sick, it ain't in need of medicine. This is still right, this is still right, this is still right. What up, what up, everybody listening? This is SB, the Shottown MC, and I'm here chilling with my man MJ on Infinite Banter, where we banter on and on and on, but it's always love. It's always that food for the soul, y'all. Peace. You're tuned into the Infinite Banter podcast. I am DJ Soundwave, and right now I'm joined by a fellow Chicagoan. He has two new singles out right now, Prologue, That Breeze, and World, all leading up to a new album. Hip-hop artist Benjamin Benneker is on the Infinite Banter podcast. What is going on, man? Yo, 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 yo. Yo, I appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah. Feeling good, feeling good. It's nice weather outside, you know. If you say so. It's like 94, hey, dude. Hey, <laughs> hey, you know, that's that's it could be, you know, how Chicago winters are. It's cold. And, yeah. Yeah. I signed me up for the 94. Uh, I'll be looking forward to that breeze uh, reference on your joints <laughs> as soon as we well get a played. breeze around here. But yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's hot as shit outside. I don't even know how to, I don't know how to say it. I'm melting. <laughs> man how's everything with you dude oh man feeling pretty good man you know getting ready to you know uh put the front the finishing touches on the album just had you know studio last night so i'm feeling pretty good man feeling i'm liking the the momentum that i'm able to create and seeing where this thing is, is headed yeah that's great man i you know being from chicago and everything i always love having chicago people come on the podcast so uh, salute for you to come on here and i really appreciate your time man Hey, appreciate you for having, you know, a platform and giving, you know, artists like myself somewhere to, you know, go talk about, you know, stuff they're working on and just getting, letting the people know who, who we are. So Exactly. Oh, no, I appreciate yeah. that. And speaking of letting people know who you are, feel free to let people know who you are, introduce yourself, you know, how long you've been in the game and, you know, what, you know, what got your start in music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I am a, a, a hip hop artist and songwriter. Um, a, a, a lot of people don't know that, I, you know, I write you know, songs like R&B and stuff for, for uh, other other acts. Uh, you know, I, I've written songs for, you know, some acts in Texas and Atlanta and on the East Coast and, you know, have some stuff placed on some YouTube Red Series and stuff. So a lot of people don't know that part about me. Um, right. They just know me from from the, the, the artist part, of, you know, the music that I make. You know, I used to be in a, a hip-hop group, uh, Project Fresh, and then we kind of, we never broke up. We just, we just, kind of start doing our own things. I was actually in the studio with one of the members last weekend. Oh, you guys um, might be doing so, something uh, like a yeah. like a Black Star type no, thing, like a hopeful reunion we can get. We definitely have an album that is finished that nobody's heard. Uh, nice. It's probably like uh, three, three years old uh, now. But, the, you know, the relationship, you know, with the guys is still strong. Like I said, uh, Mark Bird was just in the studio uh, last week, came and put his ears on, on the new project and you played me some stuff he was working on. So, um, but yeah, been, been doing this for a minute. Um, 
the, like I said, just mentioned the group was, uh, the group was probably like 2009 uh, days. And then I put out my first, you know, solo project in 2011. Uh, the, the VMT, which would be my, I guess my fourth project that I, I put out as a, as a solo artist. So very, very excited and, and looking forward to doing that. Man, and there's a lot to talk about there. Being, you know, Chicago artist, I know you grew up at, I saw in Grand Rapids and you moved here. How old were you when you came to Chicago? Man, see, uh, I was in Michigan for like a year. Oh, not that long uh, at all. So, okay. Yeah, but that's, I'm, people see, like, if you know me, they, they see I'm a big Michigan football fan. They're like, why do you like Michigan football? I always say, because <laughs> they're good. I was, born, I was born in Michigan, number one. And then, you know, it kind of got passed down to me from my dad and my uncle. So that's why I'm a Michigan football fan. So oh, man. when I tell when I tell people that I was actually born there, they kind of back off and give me a little space. Uh, they might talk shit because uh, we're terrible now. Yeah, but, um, they kind of they kind of let me have that. I will say, though, it says here you went to Illinois. So do you get a lot of shit from people from like Illinois has been bad for, I don't know, ever? So football wise, so I understand yeah, if you're not a fan of their uh, football team. <laughs> that's that's the the crazy thing. So like, okay, just to give you the whole spectrum of it. Born in Michigan, right? Then I moved to Indiana, Hammond, Indiana. Uh, then moved to Illinois. So I was in like Chicago suburbs from like I guess my elementary years. And I went to middle school in Wisconsin. I graduated high school in Cleveland, Ohio. Jeez. I went to college and graduated from University of Illinois. I lived in Atlanta for about a year, and then I'm back in the city of Chicago. So I'm kind of like a nomad. Yeah, man. All the time, there's Iowa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Chicago, Chicago is home. So Chicago is home for me. You got to get to Des Moines so you could uh, finish your your Midwest uh, influences. Tour, That's crazy, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it was like. Like never longer than three or four years when I was growing up, I was in one place longer than three or four years. So, but now I actually been in Chicago. Other than you know that that year stint that I did in Atlanta, I've probably been in Chicago like the last eight years solid. So there you go, there you go. Yeah. And I gotta wonder, like all the places you you mentioned, how much they influence your music, either at the time you're in that city or as you leave it. Maybe you realize, oh, something from Atlanta is kind of stuck with me, and now I'm recording, and I kind of have that vibe or something like that. Does that ring through when you do your music? Because you feel like there's certain cities you lived in that kind of influence your sound? Yeah, you know what? You kind of take, uh, you kind of take different pieces of it. And it's, you know, it's kind of based on like what you kind of grew up listening to. Like when I first really got into music heavy, like uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, that was my favorite group. There you go. This is even, even before I actually lived in Cleveland. That was my favorite group. So a lot of my stuff was melodic and I tried to emulate what they were doing, you know, twist do or die, all that kind of style. And then um, uh, as I got into Outkast, uh, Andre 2000, my favorite rapper, shout out Andre 2000. Yeah. As I got into Outkast, my style changed. And then after I got in, uh, Kanye came on the scene, that kind of changed my style. So it's like, it's, it's weird to see how my, I guess my music changed overall, but it's all just because, you know, you take you take little pieces from here and there, and you know what you're exposed to—the culture and the sound and everything. It just kind of fuses together and makes you who you are. I can see the Bone Thugs a little bit because of the harmonies seems to be uh, a running theme throughout a lot of your albums. So that makes sense that you know they would have a little bit of influence on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, Andre Three Thousand, man, he's 
he hasn't made a record in like how long and he's still a beast like he's still like when he popped up on that tribe album a few years ago i was like man come on we need 12 songs from you dude <laughs> come on right. with something he, he, he just won't do it he just, yeah i think he does it just to personally mess with me to be honest with you like he doesn't right like he'll just give me enough and then like okay that's it yeah come on Dre. <laughs> It's like, in oh, case man. you forgot, I'm going to do a little something real quick, and then you're not going to hear from me again for, like, ever. I'll do a TV show. I th- I forget the name of the TV show he was on and doing other things, but he's just like Lauren Hill. We gave you some great stuff, and now we're, you know, good luck. Right. <laughs> right. Enjoy it while I last. Right. <laughs> yeah. Man, that would be awesome if at Outcast Reunion or if, at the very least, if Andre just put out, like, an EP, like, four songs, just something. I would. Oh, it would be amazing. I, it would stop my life. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I remember I saw them do a live show back during the Stankonia uh, tour, and yeah, they just, just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. They are so damn good. Uh, dude, I saw them at Lala. I want to say it was like 2014, I think. It was. They had been off for a while, and this was their first time coming back on the stage, and they did festivals all that summer. And I find that was my first and only time seeing them. I was like, Dre don't even need to show up because I know all his parts. Right. But, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I'm glad he's here. Exactly. Football pads and all, or whatever he's wearing. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Actually, on my wall, I'm looking at it right now. I have uh, both of them, Big Boy and Dre. They signed a. I went to Columbia College downtown Chicago, and they were doing a seminar or something. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't have anything on me other than my syllabus, so they signed my syllabus, and it's hanging on my wall. So, <laughs> so it's outcast. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know if I, pa- I think I passed that class. I'm sure I did, but um, yeah. Salute to outcast. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's all I cared about. I just, yeah. here you go, sign this. I don't have your record because it's, you know, school. I'm not supposed to have a record with me. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah, so you've been all over the place, and I was influenced your football team. And uh, you said you went to Illinois. I've had uh, uh, SB and Genesis 7. They both went to Illinois, and they're Chicago artists. Are you familiar with their work? Have you guys ever crossed paths? We have not, but we. it sounds like something I definitely need to do. <laughs> yeah, they were on here uh, a few episodes back. They definitely uh, rep in Chicago big time and giving their stories about Illinois. You studied uh, communications down there, right? Yeah, yeah, I was communication. But, you know, that really was just a pass or excuse so I could just do music. There it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? it was like, like, listen, mom, I got my degree and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's a communications degree, but what I want to communicate in is music. Um, but I knew I had to, you know, kind of check that off my list before I could really go full fledged into the the music. And but crazy story, like I don't know if you're familiar with Omen from Dreamville, but that was my roommate. No, college. awesome. Yeah, we were we were roommates for like uh, three or four years. So he actually like being around him actually made me get better as a as a rapper and as an artist because i remember when i first met him i had no way to record my music i had like other than you know just recording it through the, the little studio not studio mic the computer mic he was like no dude here's this program it's called cool Ed- it's called cool editing adobe edition this is how it works get you a mic and this is how we do it matter of fact you can use my mic and that's great that 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 just made me get so much better like we were doing music so often that the school part i hate to say it became secondary because it was music everything first right but you know we got our degrees so and now we can we can move on to the next phase that's awesome yeah you need those influences early on i mean yeah learning how to do cool edit like you said and just work technology because it's one thing to record a song but what do you do with the file and how do you master it or mix it or how do you 
craft it. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. It's it's more than just pen to paper and then recording a song. It's as you know, there's a lot that goes right, into right. it. So obviously, yeah, big deal to have him and, help you at the beginning. And, and I think learning that that that's what I'm most comfortable recording because you know a lot of artists you know have their own thing when they go to the studio you know i have to work with this engineer or you know it doesn't matter or whatnot for me i feel like i get the best work out of myself when i do record myself it's just me in my own like home studio setup doing my thing and then i take it to the studio and then we fine tune it there but the original uh, 90 90 percent of my vocals are laid in my home studio because that's why i feel most comfortable and that that goes back to just you know the beginning with him showing me how to make music like i just got comfortable doing it like that and i was going to say you know a lot of a lot of artists especially with covid nobody's going to studios i mean today in chicago everything's open again but uh yeah uh, generally yeah yeah, i'm guessing people aren't going to the studios if at all just maybe just a little bit so for you it probably is beneficial that you have it in the house and you can record when you need to as opposed to like scheduling dates to you know go do something in a studio somewhere yeah and it's crazy like my engineer he has his own studio so even though you know we were in pandemic and quarantine like once they loosened up restrictions a little bit then i was still it was just pretty much me and him in the studio all the time uh like once a week but i still was able to get that experience and still knock out and you know get a lot of music you know mixed mastered you know let's okay let's try a new idea or maybe you know just song structure and everything so that was still that was very very key for me to still be able to have that creative outlet well you know with a, another set of ears that i trust on you know what i'm working on no doubt about that and i'd mentioned columbia college uh, you said you were on with uh, flying b on his show correct because he went to columbia with me so yeah salute yep, to flying yep. b yeah, that's a dude it's a, right it's there. A, it's a small media world in the city, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Man, we all kind of, a lot of us uh, radio people, at least those who studied radio, like you went for communications, I went for radio, but I'm not getting paid to do radio stuff anymore. But we all kind of have like an inner circle. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really cool that you were on with him and, you know, you guys are aware of each other. That That's awesome because I know he pushes a lot of Chicago artists. Yeah, yeah. Shout out, shout out to B. Shout out to B. And talk about, like, COVID. Has that affected your recording process i mean obviously like the inspiration aspect of it you know not not being able to travel not be able to go out anywhere do things or has it made you better because you're just trying to find new ways to record and and get inspiration you know i think the covid uh i was able to look at it as a okay what am i going to how am i going to be better coming out of covid you know what i mean i didn't i didn't see it as a a hindrance where it was going to just Oh, everything I'm working on now is just it's got to be put on hold. I didn't see it that way. Um, So I started to dabble in, uh, you know, doing a lot more research, uh, trying out a lot more things. I had obviously I had hella time to to go through music. Yeah, go through music and, and write. Um, and even still, I, you know, I picked up the camera and you know started doing photography and videography and stuff. So if COVID for me was great it was a reset button and it also allowed me to come back out i feel better and with new skill sets that i can implement towards you know achieving the ultimate goal which is you know making this the full-time career yeah you know what's crazy it's like i've asked almost every artist has been on here that same question and they almost had the same answer maybe not exactly you know detailed that way but the same idea like they've had to adapt figure out new ways to do things and actually get better at other aspects of not just recording but you know putting it together and promoting and 
things like that. Yep. So I, man, it's crazy how like, you know, on the surface, it's of course, it's, it's bad and everything, but a lot of us have found ways to adapt and to make, make it work in a way and it would be better on the other end of this. So that's, that's great, man. Yeah. The, the one thing about COVID that I did not like is like virtual performances. That yeah. Was, I, only, I only did like two and it was just so foreign and odd because, you know, you can't feel the energy of the people, you know, through the, the Zoom right. or whatever you're doing. That, but I do think that uh, artists will figure out a way to uh, make virtual shows more of a, a, a thing. Maybe, you know, you have a small in-person audience and then you, you broadcast that yep. out on maybe a social channels or something like that. But just the, the basic, like, everybody's on the Zoom and we're going to perform, like, that was that was a little weird. Yeah, unless you're like Red Man and Method Man or who some of the other good ones, you know, Ghost and Raekwon. Like, they did that, but they're already, you know, brand names. <laughs> so you don't care. Yeah, exactly. They can be sitting there talking and you would still watch it. It doesn't have to. Exactly. Yeah. But I think you're onto something, man, because I think that's going to be the, the new trend is that there will be live concerts, but those who can't go or actually don't actually want to go, or even if it's in another city, you, like you said, you can just pay for, you can't give away for free, hopefully, <laughs> you pay for the virtual experience and, and watching it just as if you were there. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it's, it, I think it definitely has some legs to it. And I think, you know, we artists are going to figure out how to, I don't want to say monetize that, but just utilize that to expand our reach. Because, you know, the internet the internet is a, is a great thing if you use it correctly. So uh, we, we might as well uh, harness that power of the internet. 100%, man. And let's go back a bit to your debut album, uh, Heartbeat 2011, and talk yeah. about that joint, Ill Right. I was watching a video for it. It felt like some Boardwalk Empire type uh, yeah. Chicago <laughs> steez, man. I'm trying to remember if that's when the show came out. I don't even know if that's even an influence, but that's, that was my vibe when I first saw it. Talk about that song it, and, and that video. That that video, what we kind of wanted to do is give it that that reasonable doubt, like Rockefeller era kind of vibe. That's what we were shooting for. Um, it just, just nice. that song in, in general, I, th this was around the time where I was literally writing raps every single day. Like, no matter what I had to do, I'm, I was writing a rap, at least one verse. Now, did it get used or not? I don't know. But I was at that point where I was just writing, 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 writing every day. And uh, a lot of times recording at that, that point, I would just pretty much lay the first verse and the hook and then kind of let, you know, the, the, the team around it hear where it was at to decide, okay, should, is, should I finish this? Is this dope? Or should I just go on right. something else? And I remember sending that joint to my manager. He was like, yo, this, this is it. This is the one. <laughs> and it's, it, it kind of, when he said it, it kind of put pressure on me to like, okay, that's dope. Now just keep it dope because I gotta write two more verses. Oh, and, you know, well, just kinda, one verse at the yeah, time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So and you know, like, like it's the hardest songs for me to write are the ones where everything is perfect. All I have to do is not mess up the song. And when he <laughs> said, "This is dope. This is the one," and I had two more verses to write, I'm like, "Oh my god! I what do I even talk about <laughs> for the rest? Right. Do I get features on here? I didn't even know." So, but it ended up coming together, and that's. The, I always say, like, if, if I would do, like, a greatest hit or you tell the story, you can't tell the story of me without these songs, like, that's definitely number one. That's definitely number one. That, that makes total sense. It's like you had you had the football, you just didn't want to fumble it on the way to the yeah. end zone. And it was, you, were, you were so close. You were, like, on the 20, 
Like, ah, Michigan's got a score here to beat Illinois for the Big Ten right. Championship or whatever. Home. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. And, and how was it making a solo album like that? Was there a little, did you feel any pressure because you were in a group and then you're doing a solo album or was it just a natural transition for you? That, during that time, it was, it was a little different because coming from a group with three members, I only had to write one verse and now I have to carry the whole yeah, song. So right. that was, that was a little different, but I remember my motivation at that time was just to kind of show people that, Hey, I'm, I'm good standing on my own. Like I'm good. <laughs> like I'm, I'm decent. So I approached every song like that. Like if, if, you know, it didn't make, you know, my group mates and, you know, people around that knew us as a group feel some type of way, then I hadn't accomplished my goal. So, that was that was pretty much the motivation for that. It was just every day, like, hey, show people I'm I'm good. I can stand on my own. So that was the motivation for that whole heartbeat heartbeat project. And then from that, you go on tour with guys like Bilal and Elzai, Dwelle. Like, what was that like too? I mean, not only is it the album a success and people are excited and feeling it, but now you're on tour with some of your mentors and people that you obviously were. You know, these are some major artists, and now I'm on the same stage with them. Yeah, you know, with the the biggest takeaway i had from that is you know as an up-and-coming artist you do a lot of shows where you probably in some hole in the wall and it's probably oh, on man. Like i've been to, i've been to those <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so it's like you know trying to interact and you know the crowd may be too cool to kind of give you energy you but the dynamic of you know kind of being opening for these guys like there's people there they're engaged because they basically know what they're coming to get. You know, they know what the major artist does. So, oh, this dude kind of fits in line with what, what they're doing. So they, you know, they give you energy back. And just to be able to perform in front of, you know, a large amount of crowd, that, you know, consistently was was huge for me. It's, it's like, yo, people really like what, like right. what I'm, I don't feel like I'm just in an aquarium right now or a shit aquarium. It's just people just <laughs> looking at me like they are reacting. This is dope. <laughs> so. Man, you're that's on your. Biggest uh, takeaway from that. Yeah, you're on your Sally Fields. They like me. You really like me. I think that's what that. What was that <laughs> right. speech you gave when she won her Oscar or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope I got that right. If I got that wrong, no, you know, that, that's people, it. They like yeah. me. You really right. like me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, man, and and that goes back to the thing about COVID. Like we haven't had concerts in like two years. So like you go from having that feeling, and now you're just like you know. There's no feedback. I mean, there's feedback with people like it or comment on Instagram or something, but it's not the same as getting that instant, you know, like, you know, right, man, I'm onto something because they're really feeling this song. I got some stuff coming up in August. It's it's still in a, I guess we're going to do it, you know, virtually, but there'll be a room full of people there. Nice. So that'll be, that'll be, you know, my first time actually performing since COVID. So I'm, Crazy. I'm like, yo, I, I, yeah, like I got to get my chops back. Like I gotta, <laughs> I gotta make sure I can say these verses and, and without running out of breath. And you can't wear pajamas anymore. Yeah, you yeah, got to wear gotta, clothes that fit and ironed it. Man, that that's crazy. And it, and talk about your next. You know, you had a couple more albums after that before we get to the new stuff. After the 2011 tour and everything going so great, talk about the next album and then you know the expectations get higher for you. Yeah, the the Paper Plane Pilots project, which which came out I believe 2015, so four years after. What that album was supposed to be, it it completely detoured. Um, 
it ended up being like a super therapy session for me because uh, I, I was kind of, you know, going through like this, this super breakup and I couldn't like, I just couldn't get back to myself. I couldn't yeah. get back right. So it was, it was starting to come out a lot in the music and I just decided to stop fighting it. Like I was just like, you know what? whatever we'll just we'll just do it like this like let's just let it happen so when i put that put that project out i felt a sense of ah okay now i can finally move past this girl. right like, it's like I therapy finally, right yeah yeah i can i can finally just be done with that that chapter in my life so uh, each each project has different motivations and i always say that that album was was therapy for me like i just i just had to get it out and i just couldn't you know, when you're swimming upstream, you're not really going anywhere. That's how it felt when I was trying to make uh, records I see. that didn't, you know, embody that heartbreak, heartbreak or whatever that I was going through. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's when you're getting too real. But that's what music is. I mean, you write from life experiences. And at that time, if you're going through something like that, it is hard to just not be real with it, man. You had to, you had to come with it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's definitely what I can. Uh, the body song, uh, here's what I think about you, thief. <laughs> right. All of these songs, all of these songs are about this one girl. And, and does she know? I'm sure she yeah, does. She, she knows. Yeah. She she mad I mean, or we don't, we don't, she, she okay no, with? It? <laughs> you don't care probably. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, we're cordial if we ever would see each other again, but we don't like talk like that. But gotcha. she's heard it, and yeah, she, and she. She knows exactly songs are about me. She knows. Uh, I couldn't even imagine what that would be like. You hear a song like, oh, damn, he's talking about me, and this is not good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, well. You, know, you did some foul shit. Yeah, you know. You, you fucked it up. <laughs> uh, as long as she doesn't come out with a record, which I'm guessing she can't, so yeah, you're I, safe. I think I'm safe on that one. Yeah, yeah there I'm you safe. go, man. <laughs> And then of course you had the one eleven EP. Uh, talk about that one. One eleven January eleventh is my actual birthday. So and and then like I said, I the motivations for each project was different. For making that, it was just about celebrating. Um, I had just recently come back from Atlanta uh, when I started working on that, and I just wanted it to have cel- a celebratory feel. Like this is the one you play. Like hey, we won, we made it. It's a celebration. There you um, go. Uh, the the first track on it, the the best life song that was celebration. The the arcade song, like I love playing video games. <laughs> I was like <laughs> calling off of work and just to play video games, or if we can go to like an old school arcade, that would be a celebration. Of oh this. man, you're speaking my language just, now. I was at Galloping yeah. Ghost, which is out near Brookfield here, a couple months ago, yeah, playing Elevator Action and Centipede and stuff. <laughs> Dude, my my game was Time Crisis. That was that was oh okay, about, yeah, yeah, that's a good uh, one too. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, all of those games. Mortal, they, where I go, there's like five Mortal Kombat's all in a row. You can play the first one, the second one, third one, and you can see how much you suck as you get towards the more recent ones. So <laughs> that was see, that was crazy. I was never a big Mortal Kombat guy. Like I could never remember the the codes or the the, the oh for the fatality buttons. and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could never remember. <laughs> so like I was I was way more into like sports games and uh, like shooters. But I couldn't. Oh, gotcha. Mortal Kombat never really grasped me. But yeah, yeah I think I it's an era you grew of... up in too. I mean, depending on how old you are, you know, whatever game was popular at the time. I mean, I'm, dude. I grew up in the '80s, so like I grew up on Pac-Man and Qbert and stuff. So I'm the old, like really bad <laughs> video games compared to like now, where it's like uh, 
damn near realistic. Yeah, right, right, right. Dude, I, I got a I got a PS5 and the Xbox Series X. Like that lets you know how serious I take take video games. Man, what's your game right now? What are you playing uh, the most these days? Oh, uh, probably MLB the Show. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, sh- oh, so you're a baseball fan? Yeah, I'm um, big Yankees fan. Oh, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's cool though. <laughs> so wait, the Wolverines and Yankees. All right. Dude, let me. My teams are Michigan Wolverines, New York Yankees, Chicago Bears. That's the only Chicago. Team I got I like. you. The Chicago Bears, Miami Heat. And I think that's all of. Yeah, those are my major. Those are my my major teams. Like I follow them. You'll see me with rocking their apparel. You'll never see me saying anything other than "Let's go for this team." Like, what? What about the Bulls when they had Derrick Rose? No, <laughs> my team was the Miami Heat. Dwayne Wade was my favorite player. He's I was going to say Chicago. which era Miami Heat? Yeah, okay, you go right. I, yeah, they had some dude, great teams. I, dude, I go back to like I have an Eddie Jones Miami Heat. Oh like, wow! I go back to. That yeah, I, I've been a Heat fan for like twenty years. So. I think there was a time where the Bulls are talking about signing him, and I was like, please, please, and it, it never happened. But but they always struck out on free agents. So that was that was their thing. <laughs> that was their thing. There's a reason yeah. why you're not a Bulls fan because other than the right. dynasty era, there was really nothing to watch. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a huge Jordan fan, but you know, after '98, I was like, all right, I'm out. I'm a Wizards fan. When wow. he was with the Wizards for two years, then it was Miami <laughs> till now. You didn't get a Kirk Heinrich jersey and be like, oh, I'm still uh, nah, still rolling nah. with this team. <laughs> nah. Matter, matter of fact, I remember when they swept Miami after we had won the title in 06. And the yeah. In 07, we lost four straight to that team. I was like, of all teams, please, not to the Bulls. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was on that team. Well, it would have been um, Dame, Ben Dame Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, yeah this is that team. Yeah, the version before Rose got there that was competitive, right, yeah. but they didn't quite win anything just yet. But PJ Brown, right, yeah. I think I'm trying to remember who was on that. I'd have to go back and look, but yeah, that, the Miami. I was thinking like Ronnie Cycli. Like how back you go with the, the Miami Heat or? Uh, oh no, I don't. Yeah, because Ronnie Ronnie Cycli was on the Heat when Jordan was in the league. Yeah, I, that's I a long all... time ago. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was hoping you'd say Cubs or maybe Sox. I mean, I'm a Cubs fan, but I have no hate towards the Sox. But I feel you. Yankees are a great team. I can't can't uh, doubt you on that one. Dude, every every time the Yankees come to uh, play the Sox, I'm there. So, oh man, I Yankees hat and everything, and you wearing the Yankees, letting you know, people know. Oh, yeah. yeah, dude, <laughs> the, the black one, the blue one. I I got the home jersey, the away jersey. Like you know who I'm here for. There it is. Yeah, I've been to a, you know maybe like 15 Sox games in my life, even though I'm a Cubs fan. But I remember the the best crowd I saw was when I saw a Sox Yankees game, and it was like, man, they they they're represented out here. Like <laughs> Yankees are no joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, you definitely won't be alone. The only Yankee fan when you go, so it, it's super. Dope. I think uh, one of probably one of the best times I went was when A Rod had just came back from his. Uh, oh, they booed the hell out of him, didn't they? Yeah, all dude. <laughs> and I was kind of pissed at A Rod. Like, dude, you kind of, you kind of just put yourself above team and kind of messed us up. So I was kind of pissed too. So I felt like he deserved that boot. I didn't participate because he was on my team, but I felt it. But you didn't clap for him either if he got a hit or something. No, right? yeah, no. Yeah, you just kind of <laughs> no. like, yeah, it's kind of like like Ryan Braun or somebody. You're like, eh, dude's kind of foul, but. I'm not going to hate on yeah. him because he's on my team, damn it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> man, let's talk about these new joints, man. 
uh, prologue that breeze he touched on it a little bit uh that one just really hooks me man as soon as i hear it and like i was joking before how it's so hot it's like 94 degrees here uh that breeze would feel good if uh there actually was one but the song at least at least (laughs) (laughs) the song does the trick man that's a that's a banger man talk about that record dude man that so we just talked about earlier when you have a song all you have to do is not mess up that's what this song was this is like the latest (laughs) the latest song i had like that and i remember um having the beat just sitting on the beat like what am i going to talk about what am i going to say and I, like I said, I'm in the studio at least once a week from about for like six, seven hours session blocks. Right. So I go and I forget what song I was working on. It didn't even end up making the, the new project, whatever. So I go, I work on that and I finish. And normally as an artist, you know, when you come out the studio, you want to put it in the car and you want to listen and hear it back and see, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm charged up because I just made this new piece of work. And I, as soon as I got back in the car, I just turned the, the beat for Prologue back on. Like, dude, what am I going to say on right. this song? Because it's that infectious. It's that, it's just that perfect. So once I, you know, finally got the, the opening line for it, I was off and running there. And then again, sending it to my manager, though, I sent it to him. His, he didn't respond to me instantly. And then like the next morning, he's like, Yo, I've had this on repeat for like 30 minutes. Oh, that's great. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm like, okay. <laughs> By the time I leave the studio, it's probably one, two in the morning. So, and I will send you, dude, I will text you the, the music, like email it to you as soon as I leave. Right. And so he's a, he's a night owl too, like me. And he didn't say anything. By the time I got home, I'm like, oh, all right, I guess I missed. <laughs> and then the next morning he was like, dude, I've been listening to this for 30 minutes. Oh, on that's repeat, great, right? man. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, Pro Prologue, it, it definitely set the tone for what I was trying to do uh, for the project. It, it kind of just give a little backstory on the project. It was originally called uh, Suitcase, and I was working on it in pandemic. And I remember me and me and my girl, we kind of just did a weekend getaway. We was like, yo, let's just go. Backstory to that is she was just like, you know, my friends are doing date nights and stuff. And. We haven't done anything. I'm like, okay, what can I do? So I'm like, yeah. forget it. We're going to New York. So, so well, there we you go. That's a date night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I felt like I was I was good. Like, yeah, take pictures and show your friends this. Now who's the man? Anyway. Right. Go Yankees. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> going to the Yankee Stadium. <laughs> oh, yeah. We went to Yankee Stadium. See? There you go. I knew it. <laughs> uh, so as I'm listening, I'm on the plane. This is my first time, like, hearing the music outside of a different environment i'm like yo this is not what i was trying to make like this is not what i set out to do so i scrapped everything and when i got back from new york it was like all right we just got to start over and everybody thought i was crazy like why i'm like because this is not what my intent was this is not what i set out to make so when i did prologue i like yes this is what I want to make. This is the kind of stuff, sounding stuff in this lane. Everything needs to feel or make you feel something like that. So uh, pro, prologue is definitely the prologue. It's the forewarning of what's gotcha. about to happen. So, yeah. It's not just like a one-off or like a song that's different yeah, from everything no. else. This is going to be the no. whole vibe of the whole thing. Right. What, what the, the, the vibes are going to be different because, um, as you can see, the, the vibe from prologue and world is totally that's different. That's true. You're right. Yeah. 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 But it's still, I felt like I needed to feel 
how I did when I made Prologue. Like, it gave me a certain feeling of, yes, this is what I was trying to make. And even though World, like I said, is a different vibe, it was, yes, this is what I was trying to make. This is what, this this makes me feel like I'm intentional in what I'm making, so. I got to give you props to do the uh, the Horace to Harvey reference into that breeze oh, yeah. prologue because you know he talking about <laughs> i don't know harvey yeah. from the bullets era and horace of course in the bulls i guess but uh yeah yeah see that's a, and it's a little nuggets like that this, that you know just brings my personality because we just talked about how like the bulls like the dynasty era bulls yes i'm a dynasty era bulls fan so i dropped those little nuggets or i dropped you know uh it's a, another song on the project called per my last where i kind of sampled a skip uh, Skip Bayless saying Michael Jordan is the GOAT because if you know me, like we can't even have a conversation if you think LeBron James is better than oh, Michael Oh, there it is. And yeah. and everybody who likes LeBron is uh, having a hard time these days saying that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like that's, I, I dropped those little nuggets in the album. And that's, again, that's like I said, just being more intentional. Just, yes, this is what I was trying to do. I was trying to give you me to the fullest extent at this moment. That's great. I mean, hey, so everybody listening, if you're a Bulls fan, that's cool, but he's a Jordan fan, so that should be just as good of a reason to, to listen to your stuff. You know, don't worry about yeah. Miami Heat and all that. That's cool, but he's still repping Jordan 2021, so salute. Yeah. <laughs> dude, yes. he's still the – did you like the Last Dance documentary? That was – Oh, dude. Man, took me back. Man, when we first – when it first aired, me and uh, my guys would get on Zoom and watch it together. And still to this day, I probably watch it like once a month on Netflix. Every episode, like one through ten. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it it's never old to me. It's always like, man, I just wish I could go back to that. I wish I could go back to that and be older and really appreciate what was going on. And I said it back when it came out, like about a little over a year ago. Just like it just amazes me how they just couldn't wait to just break it up. And I know that's probably eventually going to happen. It had to happen. And we'll never know if they would have won the seventh championship. But just the idea that they're just like, uh, we just don't want this team anymore. We're not going to pay anybody. We're going to fire the coach. Or not fire him, but not let him come back and just have yeah, this like was, ugh, facade of a team the next year where it's like Dickie Simpkins is like right. Randy Brown are like your starters. Like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, who who does that? Like, what? Yeah. That's, that's part of it. In hindsight, I'm glad it happened that way because that's part of Michael Jordan's mystique. It wasn't his fault that they, you know, they lost or he got old or they failed or exactly. anything like that. He's he's perfect. He's six and zero. Oh. So that that's you. Know, we can always say like he never lost in the finals. LeBron's nope. lost six times. He's never <laughs> lost. Yep, he's never lost in the finals. Yeah. He's won every you know finals he's every been time. in, and he's six and zero. Oh, and nobody can say that like this. So yeah. Uh, in a weird way, I guess it's a good thing because maybe he would have lost that next year because they were starting to run on fumes a bit. That team, they they really had to scrape for that sixth championship, but you, we, we'll never Dude, know. I was worried. I was worried. The Pacers series is what gave me heart attacks. I think I had like three strokes during that seven-game series with the Pacers. That was harder than beating the Jazz. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That was that series, I think, I was just talking to this about my engineer. I was like, that's the most nervous I've ever been in the Michael Jordan era. Because yes. I always felt like, we got Mike. So I know Mike is going to pull it out. But it was just like, why can't we beat them? <laughs> like, yeah. That game seven. Over. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 
Mark Jackson yeah. and the Davis brothers. Like, oh, it was just, it was brutal. Those are like some of, I probably lost some years off my life. And then I won't even get Me to the too. Cubs World Series because that one, <laughs> I think I lost some years off my life on that one too. But yeah, that, that mm. Bulls run, man, it's special to all of us. But like, you're, you're right, man. We'll, we'll never see Jordan lose because it never happened. There's there's nothing about exactly. that. So LeBron. I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, so LeBron, <laughs> sorry, dude, you're not number one. You're in the conversation, exactly. but you're not there, dude. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> and talk about that joint world. So you're talking about how they're a little bit different, both of these songs. Uh, what's the vibe with that so, one, obviously? So with World, um, I'm a big, and I know a lot of people like this, I'm a big like law of attraction type of guy. And when I was creating that song, I came up you know, with, with the hook first. And I, I never really, I guess, rap about materialistic things or because one, I don't like I don't have a, a Porsche or a Benz or Marlboro countertops or anything like that or so much money on my account right. that I can't count it. Like I know every single penny that's in my account, right? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so so with that song, it was like, you know, I was speaking to the law of attraction, like speak of the things that you wish to attract. And and I kind of tried to do that in my way. And when I, I lay I remember laying the hook. And we were in the studio again. And then Miette, she just kind of came to the studio that day. Like, she was just coming to hang out. She had no plans on being on the track or anything. And I played it. And I just looked at her. I was like, yo, you got something for it? And she was like, I mean, I could do something. And she just, <laughs> she, 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 like, did her little vocal warm-up exercise. And then she just laid her, like, accents on top of the hook. And I'm like, okay. We're on to something here. We're on to something. And then I, uh, I gave her the bridge. She did the bridge. So we have the hook and we have the bridge. No verses. I'm like, okay, what do I say in the verses? I rewrote that song six times. <laughs> six times to get to the final. Thing. That's and I crazy. Never, never felt like I got it exactly how I wanted it. But it got to the point like, dude, if you just keep, you're never going to put this out. If you just keep writing right. this over. So. I just had to make a decision like, okay, this version. And then we went with it. So, um, but like I said, very, very different vibe from, from prologue, like prologue is, is setting the tone. It kind of has that, I'm a big Kanye guy. Um, so it has that, that kind of feel to it. And then world is like law of attraction. This is what I wish to, you know, attract and stuff. And then we got other stuff back on the album where you'd be like, Oh, I can see he kind of was, you know, dipping in this Kanye bag a little bit on that again. And then this, you hear other songs with, oh, I see him. This is, he's an R&B writer too. I see where it's coming from. So it all, it all comes together. And I think it, it's just a great project. And it's, it's, it's used very, very well. Man. And what's the name of the album when it comes out? Do you have a date when it'll come out for sure? Or is it still in progress? Yeah, no. Well, so we, all the songs are done. Uh, we kind of, I'm I'm a, I'm from that era where you know you put a few interludes and stuff on on the project. Nice. Uh, so um, I got one more thing to do for one of the interludes, and then it'll be officially done. And then um, the the release date is eight twenty four. Super huge Kobe fan. Oh, perfect! Um, oh, that's cool, yeah, man. Eight eight twenty four. So um, it's coming out that day. That's another reason why, like, dude, you can't talk to me if you think LeBron is better than Kobe. <laughs> There's a Kobe better Laker coming to <laughs> There's a couple yeah. of Lakers you might put ahead yeah. of him. I could think of off the top yeah. of my head. <laughs> we can't. We can't even do that. And so the project <laughs> was uh, initially only going to have eight songs on it for Kobe, and you know when you're going through the process of what's going to make it and what's not, 
Um, it was just this one song. Uh, it's called Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> and, and like when I, you know, I, I of course I told you I, I record a lot of stuff here and I take it to the studio. So I take it to the studio and my engineer plays it for the first time. His reaction wasn't what I wanted. So I was like, I get all right. I guess this one isn't isn't it, you know? And like three weeks later, he was like, Yo, what you gonna do with that Housewife of Atlanta song? I was like, I, It's gonna be on the cutting room floor. I didn't think, you know. I didn't think it was worthy or whatever. He's like, no, I think you might need to go back and revisit that. And then he like, matter of fact, I mixed it. Like, <laughs> oh, he, he did it all for you. Here it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he played it, and I'm like, okay. And then he started making it a point for everybody that like would come in the studio and kind of see what I'm working on, or if they're coming to like, you know, add vocals or whatever, or we're doing some brainstorming. He would play that song. I'm like, I just want to get your take on this. And people kept saying, like, yo, I like this. I rock with this. I rock with this. So that's what that's why the album is not just eight songs anymore. It's because he came with that. Now we got nine songs. And I remember uh, I was like, but yeah, we gotta have eight songs for Kobe though. He was like, Well, why don't you do like eight and then one for Gigi? Like that's and I'm like, yeah, yeah. but that was two. And he's like, yeah, but you can say eight for Kobe and then one, like, plus one for G. I like, I don't really like it. So we went through that for about two weeks. And then I just finally kind of just let it go. Like, it's still coming out on 824. So we're just that'll be the nod to Kobe. There you go. Man, I can't even yeah. imagine how, how important that is for somebody to have your back like that or at least put you uh, in a spot where you put something out. You're not sure if they're feeling it and they come like, hey, we got to revisit this. This is, you know, that's that's pretty cool that he – he didn't just let it slide either. Like he's like, no, we, we, there's something here, and, and here's what we're gonna do with it. And that that's a lot of trust, man. And, and it worked out. Yeah, and, and we we've been knowing each other. Uh, I want to say like a good decade at least. Um, he he was an artist at first, and then he transitioned into you know being behind the scenes and behind the boards. And it was just like us just always working together and crafting that sound. And if you go to his studio, like my folder of music is insane. Like all of the different sessions. Nice. And stuff. But he actually, you know, when other clients come through, like he'll just kind of just test it out. Like, oh, what you think about this song? If it's, if it, you know, doesn't get a reaction, we'll be like, yeah, we don't really need to use that. He won't, you know, really tell me what they said or whatnot. He's just, oh, it didn't really probably hit the way you intended to. But he, he's definitely an active part of what I do. He's not just over there just pushing record. Okay, you want right. me to mix this? Cool. It's not, yeah, it's not that. It's not that at all. Everybody needs their Bob Power. I believe he's the one who always like the Tribe Records. Or, you know, he was that, that studio guy who would always make everything sound right. So you need that person in there. Especially nowadays, like if you're recording stuff at home, you know, not everybody knows how to mix and master something or how to put things together. So it's it's really yeah. important, man, to have somebody like that. Yeah, yeah, you need you need somebody invested in it and bringing bringing their creativity to it because you know it'll be sometimes it'll be like, hey, you should put the second verse first or first verse second or what if we like just take this part right here and just loop it right here. It's just you know those type of ideas because you know me as I'm just trying to get it down and get it out and not really thinking about right. the the final song structure of it. And he was like, I think it'll impact a little bit better if we do it this way, or if we just do a hard stop at the end instead of fading in. Like just little stuff like that. It's, it's just it's great to have somebody invested in it, in the creation of it. So we got to look out for August 24th, that Kobe tribute album basically coming Mama out. Day. Yeah. Yep. 
Man, and um, any visuals? I mean, I know that Breeze, I didn't, I didn't see any video for it. Is there a video on the on the works, or maybe not sure if you're going to do one? We are working on this. The thing with the first two songs, we, the, the, again, the, the project name is uh, the VMT. That means the visual mixtape. So the, the plan going into it was we were going to shoot a visual for every song. It was only going to be eight songs at first. But with that, we didn't want to just pretty much have a videographer come out, hey, just point the camera, shoot, I'm going to perform. It'll be a whole bunch of random shit. And then that's the video. <laughs> right. Like, no, like I've literally been in, you know, meetings with, you know, uh, with my creative director and uh, engineer and my manager for the prologue video, probably on and off for like two or three months. Um, trying to find, you know, the right person to shoot the video, trying to find the right you know, treatment and storyline that we're going to tell in it. I'm, I'm happy that we're taking time, but as an artist, I'm impatient. Too. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. want to get onto the next thing because you got some other stuff yeah, you want to yeah. work on too, I'm sure. And Exactly. So I, I'm sure once you see the, you know, we dropped the first video, then they'll start rolling out like clockwork, but it's just pretty much just handling the logistics of it, of how we're going to present it because I don't want it to come across as just, Okay, it's just a video. Like I, I want people to be like, "Oh, this is—he really worked on this. This is really something we need to pay attention to." Man, I know animation videos are a big thing too, and the cover for that one—you know—that that little drawing of the dude in the studio. I mean, maybe the shark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was—I uh, I, I say all the time, like I, I want to be the the new old Kanye. I say that all the time. And that the shark was a nod to remember how he used to use the bear. Oh, for his first couple, right? Like graduation and all yeah. that. Yeah. Right. So that was that was the idea behind putting the, the little shark in the, the little home studio for the for the album cover. Now, in hindsight, I wish I would have like put my face on it just for brand recognition. Oh, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's yeah. That. Yeah, but but that was that was the idea and the thought process behind it. Like, let's use the shark like Kanye used. The bear, and if you know me, the shark is my favorite animal. Uh, great white shark, obviously. I'm a big nice. shark league guy, and you know the the main thing I love about a shark is like they have to keep swimming or they'll die. Like even when they sleep, like they have to keep going forward. They can't back up and swim backwards, so you have to keep going forward. So I adapted that. Like, dude, just keep going forward. Whatever's going on in life, like we got to just keep moving forward looking back ain't really gonna help us so. wow i thought you were gonna say something like i'm so ferocious i'm eating mcs all day you know <laughs> no that's not what you meant at all <laughs> i'm gonna add that in, in you can do it right like, and i'm ferocious and i'm eating mcs right see a pair of adidas hanging out the side of his mouth or something nah <laughs> that's not what's going on here i will say this right. uh my daughter would love your cover because she loves baby sharks so uh there it is <laughs> <laughs> nothing like what you're talking about but yeah, I've heard that hey, song I'm, a million I'm, times. I'm, so I need a new shark theme. Bring me a new one, please. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm reaching a whole new demographic. Yeah, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Other than like the Jaws theme and this baby shark stuff that I'm hearing like every damn day. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for you to to come out this album so I can get a new shark uh, reference in my <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. And actually, you know, I, I I'll be actually sending you the album. Um, you oh, know, thank you so you, much, man. Cool. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to wait to August twenty fourth. You had me on the platform, so uh, I'll be definitely sending that to you. So you, I, I'd love to get your feedback. Oh, and, of course, and, and hear what you think about it. Yeah, 
Man, no doubt. So 824, people listening right now, I mean, I don't have to wait that long, but you guys will <laughs> wait for that album to come through. And, you know, we'll definitely promote it when it comes out and hit you guys over the head, let you know that it's on its way. And uh, where can people follow you and find your music and everything? So I'm, I'm, I'm real easy. I'm at Penn Banneker everywhere. That's uh, P-E-N-N-B-A-N-N-E-K-A-R. I didn't put Benjamin Banneker on there because I know that's long to spell. So at Penn Banneker, <laughs> pretty much everywhere you can find me. Um, all major streaming platforms, you just type in, you know, Penn Banneker, Benjamin Banneker, just Penn, P-E-N-N, and then jamming, and then you got it. Um, Benjamin Banneker on all your uh, major streaming platforms. I'm there. Um, the albums we talked talk about, uh, Heartbeat, Paper Plane Pilots, 111, they're all there. The new singles, Prologue, World. There, there, um, some singles I put out in the interim uh, of in between projects. They're there, so you know, please take time, get in, get in tune, get ready for the VMT coming out on Mamba Day, eight twenty four. That's awesome. And uh, I'll ask you real quick before you go. I talk about the change of name, Pen the God, and how you came up with your current name. Is there a story behind that? Quick, quick story. So with with Pen the God, Pen the God was always like. You know, like I'm pinned the God MC, right? And that's what I was going by. But I always been pinned ever since I started, you know, making music. So in the studio, um, this is around the time like we were first starting starting that rap group, uh, Project Fresh that I was in. Like my guys would start calling me Benjamin Banneker, like Benjamin Banneker, and I hated it. I'm like, no, <laughs> like no, no, just pin is cool, just pin is cool. And after. Like two weeks of consistently doing this, I was like, you know what? That could actually work. Pinning Banneker could actually work. So if I don't, if anybody still has the physical CD, the album of the Get Fresh Show, Project Fresh, like the songs will say "Pin the God" on it. But if you have the actual CD and the, like the liner notes when we did our album thanks and everything. It says Benjamin Banneker. And I, that was like the first time that I actually wrote it on something that we published. And I just, I've been running with it since then. That's crazy. Something you yeah. hated at first. And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to embrace it. And it's just going to become my moniker from now on. There it is. Well, I can't even see myself without it now. So see? now it's, it's different iterations of it. Like, you know, people will call me Pen. Like the guys that start calling me Benjamin Banneker, they, they call me Pen Jamming now. Uh, some people call me Pinji, well, mostly girls. They'll call me Pinji or go. just P. Like it's it just morphed into different things, but it's all from that, you know, Benjamin Banneker base. That's awesome, man. Man, salute for coming on here, dude. It was an honor and so much fun talking. I never thought I was going to have sports. I didn't have it written down here, but that was a good chunk of the show here. So I appreciate you, man, coming on the Infinite Banter podcast. It was a blast having you on here, dude. Hey, man, I appreciate you for having me on. Anything you need, man, just let me know. I definitely want to support what you got going on. And I, again, thank you. Thank you for having the, the, the platform and allowing artists like myself to come on and just talk about what we got going on. Without a doubt. And listeners, you know, we're going to hear a couple songs in the uh, the podcast here. So definitely stay tuned. So, yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. And uh, 824, we'll be looking forward for that album coming out and some visuals possibly and anything else uh, coming up. So, yeah, big up for coming on the show, dude. I appreciate it. Yes, yes, yes. Anytime. Appreciate it, man. Oh, thanks, dude. Man, that was a lot of fun. I, like I said, I really like talking to people that have more to talk about than just, oh, I got an album coming out. I'm not saying anybody's done that. This show, I've been 
blessed. Everybody's been great. And you know, not anybody that's come on here has just been a one-lane type cat. So definitely salute to everybody who's been on. But yeah, it was a lot of fun talking with Benjamin about sports. I, you know, I used to work in sports radio, so this is a big deal for me. to, And I don't talk about it much on here. Uh, go Cubs, first place. What do you know about that? Sox are in first place too, so shout out to you guys. But yeah, it's uh, it's really cool to hear somebody talk about some stuff that I actually know about, and uh, it's crazy. He's a Yankee fan, and he does like the Bears, but he likes the Miami Heat. It's it's a weird combination. I know. Uh, shout out to my guy William. He's from Chicago, but he likes the Nationals and the Raiders. It's just it's all over the place. It's bizarre, but some people don't care about local sports. They like whoever they like. They fall in love with like a player or. There's a team that catches them at a certain time, and I'm straight Chicago, Cubs, Bears, Bulls. That's it. I don't care about hockey, so don't need to say who I like there. But anyway, (laughs) big up to my man, Benjamin Banneker. Go check him out. Follow him and everything and look for his new album that will be coming out soon. And here's a track from that new album. And this album will be dropping on 824. He mentioned it in the interview. The VMT is the name of the album. So definitely look for that. I'll promote it on here. Let you guys know when it's coming out. But here's a track on here. Man, it's going to get in your head. This song, whenever I hear it, it'll be in my head for a couple hours. So you're welcome (laughs) in advance. Here we go. Prologue, That Breeze from my man, Benjamin Banneker on the Infinite Banter Podcast. That breeze is making me sweat, making me feel so hot. That breeze make me sweat, make me feel so hot. That breeze make me sweat, make me feel so hot. That Just a suburb kid who never so dope. So what the fuck to him they wanna know more before they give me spins and I'm like, whoa, whoa, that's your high criteria. Granted, I'm superior like horse to Harvey, but still shunned away like the poor and the garvey. A nigga been the shit, I'm a portable party. I walk up in this bitch, I'm important to parties. So you for one, my look, they employed to call me. Bitch, I'm old enough, I could be your poppy. But gracias to your properness, now pull me up. And if you take a shot to the head and dome me up, pinch in a new formula to replicate Been in the building, chilling in the mezzanine Been with the realest ever since that was a thing Been with the shits ever since Pembers, man That breeze making me sweat, making me feel so hot That breeze making me sweat, making me feel so hot That breeze I'm coming back to make a statement If you agree with the statement that I'm making Clap your hands with me. Hey, clap your hands with me. Hey, yeah, clap your hands with me. Hey, yeah, clap your hands with me. Hey, yeah, and clap your hands with me. Yeah, 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 the closest to Ye since Ye seen itself in the mirror this morning. I'm a killer performer. If I said it, then I meant it that serious. No ellipses, just a bunch of periods. Niggas act more bitch than they women is. I take shots, but you don't want me sitting in. I get gangster, but rather keep it gentleman. So give thanks to whoever church you sitting in. Floating on the shit like a bull lodge. Haters got a stiff lip, got them bull tarts. I ain't got my R-E-S-P-C-T, sister queen of sword die. To get it high, kill all your favorite rappers, turn your speakers crimson.
champs in roll time And in no time, they get the whole vibe I'm a lion, tiger, bear, nigga, oh my I hope you're ready for the rest, cause it's the Hey, this is Ada Zang, and you're listening to Infinite Banter Podcast. Make sure you check out the Branched Podcast. Hello, world. I'm Maddie. And I'm Doug. And this is Branched Podcast. Every week, we talk about everyday topics and issues and explore how they interact with the world at large. Join us each Thursday as we discuss topics like bird scooters. And tattoos. And Disney Channel. So many things about Disney Channel. Oh my god, forever about the Disney Channel. We talk about queer issues. And sex. We do. Anything that you can possibly think of and more. As best as any two people can. (laughs) Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, or wherever you listen to your podcast. That's right. Bye. Bye. Yo, what up, y'all? This is your friendly neighborhood fly guy, Cool Kim, a.k.a. NY Orla Ideal. And I'm chilling with Vanilla Ice's number one fan, DJ Soundwave, on the Infinite Banner Radio Show. Yeah. Time for you to leave, assholes. All right, that is Kirk Acevedo telling me it is time to go, and that is exactly what I'm going to do. But as always, Kirk, you try to push me out the door, and I had a couple more things to say. And uh, before I get into this Macho Man album review, <laughs> it's a very loose term calling it a review, I want to play about a minute from when I had Cool Kim on here. Wow, this is going on like a year and a half ago. Episode 21. I recommend everybody go back and listen to it. I had a blast talking with Cool Kim. Maybe one of these days I'll try to get him to come back on. Go follow him on Instagram. He does a lot of great stuff with Collab Lab. That's probably where this really started, was just me and him talking about Macho Man for a couple seconds, about him having an album. I'm going to play this clip right here. There's a lot more if you go back to that episode. I mean, this is just very small portion, and uh, it goes into some vanillaized talk. <laughs> so if you ever want to hear that, go back and listen to it. Here's about a minute from me and him talking about Macho Man, whether he's an MC or not, for like a couple seconds, and... Uh, Then I'll get into my review on Be a Man, Macho Man, bringing the heat on the microphone. You know what I do, yeah, dropping the elbow on MCs. All right, so here's Cool Kim from episode 21 in 2019. A little quick segment about Macho Man doing an album. I mean, any red-blooded American grew up on Ivan Pusky, Junkyard Dog, You know what I'm saying? Freaking, um... Macho Man's my uh, all-time favorite. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Macho Man. <laughs> That's my dude right there. <laughs> I love Macho Man Randy Savage. He was a rapper, so he was an MC for a minute before well, he passed. Well, he, you know he that? put an album out. I don't know if he was an MC, but he was definitely... Yeah, nah, it's still, it's still, you gotta give him his due. <laughs> because that means that he, he's he's in the tribe, son. He was a boom-bap. He was a boom-bap right. head, kid. Okay. I'll, I'll he, can't, you know, he, might have been, he might not have been dope, there's a lot of cats that's not dope, but they still in the tribe, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'll put it well, like this. Know. I'll play that before I play Vanilla Ice. I'll put it like that. Though. Well, hey, you know what I'm saying? And even 
Christ, though. Even for the, even even Stop even it. Robin Van Winkle. Stop it! Stop Rob- it! Shout it out, Cool Kim. That was just hilarious. Go back and listen to that episode twenty-one to hear that whole thing. A lot going on in there. All right, so here we go. Basically, let, let's just give you the genesis of this real quick. A&E has been playing these great wrestling documentaries. They did one on Roddy Piper. They did one on Macho Man. I just watched a Bret Hart one. Uh, Booker T is really good. Talks about how he grew up in Houston and everything. Came up from nothing. So there's a lot of, even if you're not into wrestling, I definitely implore you to check them out. But if you're a wrestling fan, of course, like me, you know, these things are just great. I didn't watch Shawn Michaels because I don't like him. Here we go. (laughs) Anyway, so when I'm watching the Macho Man one, they talked about that he made an album. And I've... I vaguely remember that he did something like that. I mean, I was in college at the time, or maybe just getting out of college. I just wasn't into wrestling. There was a period where I didn't watch it at all. So I wasn't really in tune with what he was doing. And on top of that, I'm a hip-hop fan. So I take this seriously. So when I hear that somebody that's not an artist tries to do an album, it kind of throws me for a loop. I'm just like, what are you doing? Why is he doing this? This is a joke. It's a gimmick. I'm not trying to hear it. For almost 20 years, I didn't even hear not even a second of it, like nothing. But watch that documentary and hear him talk about it. There's a clip of 50 Cent holding this CD like, yeah, yeah, go get this CD. I'm like, what the heck? Did I miss something? Was I supposed to be playing this? So since I like wrestling, since I like hip hop, you would think there'd be a natural like obsession there. Like I would be excited about that. That is incorrect. I like peanut butter. I like mayonnaise, but I sure as hell don't put them together. So just because I like this dude, Macho Man, just because I like hip hop doesn't mean I want to see them in the same arena at all. I definitely don't. Not at all. I think I made the comparison when I first talked about this, like, I don't want to see Rakim wrestling AJ Styles. Shout out to DJ Real One. I don't want to see that, ever. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so I played the album. I said, you know what, let me listen to this damn album. I'm going to put myself through some torture. And, man, it is that. Uh, the cover of the album has him holding a bunch of chains. And it's very symbolic of what I had to go through because I felt like I was chained to this album and I couldn't leave. And I wanted to turn it off so bad. There's 12 songs. Apparently, there's a 13th song I didn't play yet. <laughs> I didn't know about it because the one I, the link I had didn't have 13 songs. So there's a bonus track if I really want to be a completist and hear the whole thing. Oh. Apparently, it's about Mr. Perfect or something. But anyway, it's called Be a Man. I can't believe they got 12, 13 tracks out of this dude. From what I've been reading about it, it took them a whole year to construct this. And it wasn't his idea, his being Macho Man. It wasn't him trying to be an MC or something. Somebody thought it'd be a good idea to put him on an album, and they got him some producers. I never heard of these guys. And they put an album together. I'll give them credit for trying. Like, they definitely get credit for attempt. But uh, it's it's not good. It's hard to listen to. Uh, all the beats are straight trash. You can't tell one from the next, which is not a surprise. There's a song on here called Hit the Floor, and DJ Cool pops up. I was like, what the heck is he doing on here? So I guess DJ Cool needed some money, and he, he did this. Or maybe he's just a fan of Macho Man. I don't know, man. But, oh, yeah, let me drop a hot 16. Yeah, come on. And he even has a song for the ladies, which is really, really bad. What is that one called? That one was, was straight trash, too. Uh, and there's a, there's a club song where he's rapping to a chick. Dude, I, I, as, soon as, I, as soon as it came on, I started laughing. I mean, that's not the reaction he probably wanted. Oh, yeah, I step in the club. I get a little bubbly. Yeah, come here, baby. Dig it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible. Come dance with me, yeah. It was fucking awful. <laughs> it's, the only song on here. See, here's what he should have done. He should just put out one track. 
And it's the one where he disses Hogan called Be a Man. It's not a good song, but I guess if you're going to compare the whole album and pick a song that stands out, I guess that would be it. He disses Hogan for making whack movies that go straight to video, which is correct. He's right on that. And that he was in Spider-Man and he's done better stuff. So cinematically, he's correct. He has beaten him in that regard. And it should have just been that one song. They should have focused on that one and not done anything else. But it said they had to put a whole album together. And, you know, I hope I hope they feel good about it because it's, it's hard to listen to. There's a song called Macho Thing. It's terrible. That's the one club joint I was talking about. There is a song called Remember Me where he slows down a little bit. He talks about his past. I'm not saying it's good, but it's like one of the few that you could actually listen to. And you're like, all right, at least I dig what he's saying here. But overall, it's a horrible album. He actually references Q-Tip. He's like, breathe and stuff. Yeah. It's just weird. I mean, I think they wrote everything for him. I don't think he wrote any of this. Again, like I said, I give him credit for trying. But uh, if you never heard it, I am telling you not to play it ever in your life. It's terrible music. Not good. But I did it. I'm a masochist. Salute to myself for putting myself through that. All right. <laughs> if any questions, hit me up and ask me what the hell's wrong with me for going through that. That's the end of the show. Big up to my man, Benjamin Banneker. Go check out his new album. It is not trash, like Macho Man's album. Go check it out when it comes out this August. The VMT is the name of the project. It will be dropping soon. You heard a couple songs in the podcaster, and you heard that first one, that prologue. That should get you hyped for the album when it comes out. Salute to Benjamin Banneker. Follow the show on all digital platforms. Rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. Go on YouTube. Type in Infinite Banter. You'll hear clips from past guests. And follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Infinite Banter Podcast. That is it for the show. One last thing. Big happy birthday to my daughter. She turns two years old. So by the time this gets released, her birthday will have come and gone. So happy birthday, Melody. Two years old already. It's just crazy, man. And one of these days, she's going to be old enough to find this show. I don't know which episode she'll find first. Hopefully... It's not the one. There's a couple in mind that I hope she doesn't listen to first. But uh, happy birthday to you. Big up for everybody for listening to the show. I appreciate it. Salute to Benjamin Banneker. And until I do another one of these. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening to the show. Let me drop a hot 16. I'm out. Hey, asshole, get off the road. Being on the infinite banner with my man Mark has been a pleasure.